I've always loved those middle chapters of Isaiah where God says, I'm God and nobody else is. <laughs> Obviously, this comes uh, from that text. And I think it's what the Lord would have me share with you tonight. Um, this will be my sixth sermon in sending some of you young adults off properly. We've had a good six months in our young adult Bible study. Uh, as you know, those of you who are not in it, uh, as you know well by now, um, we've read Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, and John Piper's book, Don't Waste Your Life. And he's been, God has been shaking some of us in it and um, uh, changing us and growing us and challenging us and convicting us, which is always a beautiful thing. Um, in the last five sermons, we've looked at Paul's words, Philippians 1.21, to live as Christ, to die as gain. We saw His words again in 1 Corinthians 9. I do all things for the sake of the Gospel. Paul says, I run to win. Uh, we looked at the essence of pleasing God in Hebrews 11.6. Does anybody remember what that is? Two, two points about what real faith is and what real faith does. It believes what? God is God and it believes what? God's a rewarder. You've you got to get both of these elements. 88% of the world's population believe there's a God. So that's no big deal. But God is calling His people to believe He's a rewarding God. He is a faithful God. He is a promise-keeping God. That is a big deal. We looked at Abraham. How does a man radically obey the way that, that Abraham did? And we, we saw that he, he did what the Lord asked of him. And what happened in the middle of that hard obedience? Someone tell me, what happened right in the middle of hard obedience? God came, right? God came. Jehovah Jireh came. The I will see to it God came. That's what will happen in your life if you will believe and obey God. If you're a Christian tonight, if you shrink back, that's on you. It's not because God's not all in. It's because you're not all in. God has given you all that you need and God will meet you in the hard obedience. We saw last week... Moses, we saw this decision that he made to go with God's people. There were five things he decided. And I'll just share them with you. Five things he did. He refused to pursue the prestige of the world. He chose to be counted among the people of God rather than be, to be in the world. He considered Jesus Christ greater gain than the whole world. He looked to the reward. He was looking at heaven. He took the long view, right? And he endured as seeing Him who was unseen. He was just looking at the God of the Bible. He was one of the greatest men who've ever walked the planet. Why? Who's Moses? Who's, who's Abraham? Who's Paul if they don't go with God? They're forgotten. They're nobody. They're dust in the wind. But these men chose to go with God. We're still talking about them. <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen, what you do in obedience to God, it ripples forever. It ripples forever. Every small act of obedience done in faith will honor God forever. It will redound to His glory and to your joy as He rewards you with Himself for a billion eternities. Hey, if you're thinking about this right, you'll get goosebumps. <laughs> so, 
That's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And I, I was asking God what to preach this week, you know, because I know a couple of you guys are, are getting ready to blow us off. And, uh, and the question keep, kept coming back to my mind. Well, what would you... If it was your last time to preach, Jim, if this was the last time I was going to let you preach, and, and you wanted to say something, what would you say? What would you preach? What would you preach? If this is your last time with some of these folks, what would you want them to know? I'd want you to know the God of Isaiah 43. I'd want you to think deeply about who He is. So I'm going to tell you three things about God tonight. Okay? We always understand this is not comprehensive. You can never be comprehensive when it comes to Jehovah, right? This is not comprehensive, but I want to say at least three, you want to scratch the surface of three things for you that enables you young adults to go live crazy love and to do don't waste your life. And those of you who are not in those studies, you can insert the word radically obey Christ, okay? I want to tell you three things that will set you free to do this. Now, it's up to you whether you do it or not. But these, th these three things about God will set you free to be a disciple. So I'm going to tell you these three things, and then I'm going to dare you not to do them. <laughs> I'm going to dare you not to go with God. Right? God is almighty sovereign. You heard me read the text. Psalm was it 99 or 97? I get those two confused sometimes. Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He's enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. You can obey God with glad, reckless joy. He's the sovereign, almighty, reigning God. Second thing, you can obey God with glad, reckless joy because He loves you. And listen, we know what God's love looks like. He bleeds out for His people. He loves you. You think there's going to be anything He'll, be, he'll, he'll leave undone when He calls you into hard obedience? You think there's anything he'll, he, he, that He'll leave undone? And lastly, The God of the Bible is all in with His people, right? And we're just going to go to some passages and look at some, some truths about God. He is all in with you. Obviously, He's called you, as we've been talking about for the last six months, He's called you to be all in with Him, but He is all in with you, right? We can do the Word. We can do the Word. Because these three things are true about God. And Joe and I have had the pleasure of meeting. Where did Joe go? Joe's here. So there's Joe. Joe's from Indiana. Uh, we've been talking some about God and, and uh, I cha I've challenged him as an old man to a young man. This is how the context of our discussions. Old man, young man. But here's what you've got to find out. You've got to learn to cultivate awe in your life. If you don't have awe in your life, A-W-E, 
If you don't have awe in your life, then you have not met Jesus Christ. Because if you have met Jesus Christ, there will be awe in your life. And you've got to learn to cultivate this. You've got to learn to cultivate awe if you've learned God correctly, if you've learned the biblical God correctly. There will be awe. And beloved, discipleship with Jesus Christ runs on awe. You can make the argument it runs on love. (laughs) But I think you can also make the argument that it runs on awe. I am in awe of this God. So, what does the word mean? The definition of awe is to be filled with wonderment and amazement and astonishment, to to have reverence for and a proper kind of fear. This is what awe is. So, are you full of wonderment when it comes to Jesus Christ? Are you you full of amazement when you think about Him and all that He's done in, in your behalf and all the promises He's made to you? Are you astonished? at how He has saved you. And this proper kind of fear, we know what the Proverbs say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And I'm just going to tell you real quick, you know, some people say, well, the fear of the Lord, I don't want to think about that. Sounds scary. No, you need the fear of of God in your life. Let me just tell you some of the promises God makes to those who fear Him. I'm going to go through this quick. They have God's friendship. Psalm 25. They have God's watch care. Psalm 33. They have God's protection. Psalm 34. They have God's provision. Psalm 34. They have God's compassion. Psalm 103. They have God's everlasting love. Psalm 103. They have God's pleasure in their life. Psalm 147. They have God's life and God's satisfaction. Proverbs 19. You need to fear the Lord. We all do, beloved. It's the first step in wisdom and true knowledge to fear God in the proper way. Psalm 99, 1-3, The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He's enthroned above the cherubim, let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise Thy great and awesome name. Holy is He. We saw, I, I know, I, I listened to the audio. I didn't know I said was going to say this so much last week, but obviously the Holy Spirit kept putting it in my mind. Psalm 97, Before whom the Lord shakes, and the mountains melt like wax. Now, you know, the God of the Bible is a God before whom you must worship or you must flee. So, I always counsel people, you know, if you're going to come sit under the Word of God, be ready to worship. Right? Don't play games with God. You be ready to worship or you just need to leave. Okay? Why do I say that? Because there's huge responsibility that falls upon us as we hear the truth of God. Worship or flee, beloved. Worship or flee. Of course, I lovingly call you to worship. I lovingly call you to worship. Psalm 145, He is the God of unsearchable greatness. Psalm 115, He's the God in heaven. He does whatever He pleases. He is the God of inexhaustible awe. We will never get to the end of it. And this is your fuel 
to be radical in the world, right? To obey the Lord with glad, reckless joy. Our God is God and you know what? He's called us to live like it, right? All you got to do is read the New Testament, man. He's actually called us to do what He says. He means for you to do what He says. Right? So we can do. That's right. That's right, Andrew. Amen, brother. Um, it's why I always lovingly call you. You know, you know why I call you to this stuff is because I, I want the best possible life that you can have. So I call you to be all in. I've been calling you and I, I regularly call you to be all in. And you can do all He says because He will do all He says. There's never an excuse for disobedience. Ever. He will do all He says. Therefore, you can do all He says. He's a faithful God. He's the I will see to it God. It's why lukewarm doesn't fit with Christianity. It's why it doesn't fit. Lukewarmness is a backhanded confession of my complete lack of awe. I ha- if I can be lukewarm, I have not seen the God before whom the earth trembles and the mount- mountains melt like wax. I have not seen this God. I do not know this God or I could not be lukewarm toward Him. It's impossible. It's a backhanded confession, beloved. So Jesus is all in with His people. We'll talk about it more in a few moments. So you can be all in Because He is all in. And we can be doers of the Word. That famous passage, James 1, 22. What does the text say? Be doers of the Word, not merely hearers of it. Who what? Who what? Deceive themselves. Okay? The modern church is is filled with people who are deceiving themselves. They're hearing it. They're not doing it. God says, I'm all in with you. I've redeemed you. I've bled out for you. I'm calling you into inexpressible and unquantifiable joy. Walking with me is joy. And you're lukewarm? Listen, I'm going to look at some, we're going to look at some passages together, right? And I dare you to be lukewarm when we walk out of here. As we look at the God of the Bible. So the Lord reigns. If you really believe that the Lord reigns, that He is enthroned above the cherubim, that He is the God before whom the whole earth shakes and the mountains melt like wax, that He is the God of unsearchable greatness, that He reigns in the heavens and does whatever He pleases, if you believe that, you can live crazy love and don't waste your life. You can live it. In fact, you will live it. If you believe it, you will live it. 
You say, Jim, I don't see any role models out there. I know there are not very many. You be one. You be one. There are not very many. <laughs> Jesus said there won't be very many. And they're not very many. All right, I'm going to start getting into the texts here in a few minutes, but I do want to share this one more verse. Um, it's one of my favorite. Those of you who've been around very long know it. But I learned something today about it. Uh, Daniel 11:32. This is what I love about the Bible. You never get to the end of it. Okay, even at my age, you never get to the end of it. Um, Daniel 11:32. The people that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. That's I think that's the King James. I love the King James there. What's an exploit? There are two definitions for exploit. One is to make full use of a resource. I thought that was interesting. The second, of course, is bold and daring feats. So you, are you making full use of the resource of God in your life? Are, 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 you, are you making full use of the resource of God in your life? God says, I'm available! Right? I'm in you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm available. Are you exploiting the resource? Are you bold in your obedience? And here's the thing. The people who know their God, if you're not bold, if you're not taking advantage of the advantage of the resource and we, we negatively see you don't know God. Because if you know God, you'll do exploits. And what's an exploit? It's anything you do by faith. Any act of obedience. I don't care how small it is. It's an exploit to God. Right? It's invisible to most people. Most people never see your exploits. But it's those, you know, those little things where you believe and you trust and you obey when it's hard and when it hurts and when it costs and when it's risky and when it's anonymous. Yeah. The people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. So I'm, I'm going to, I read this about once or twice or three times a year. Those of you who've been around for a while, you'll get it. It's those, you know, it's just some excerpts from those middle chapters of Isaiah where God says, I'm God and nobody else is, so just shut up. I'm God, right? I love it when he talks like that. He is the omnipotent, sovereign God. Listen to him. He says, I, the Lord, am the first and with the last. I am He. Even from eternity, I am He. To whom then will you liken me that I should be His equal? I am God and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. Before me, there was no God formed. And there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord. There is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it? The nations are nothing before me. I sit above the vault of the earth. I am the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth. There is no other God besides me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none except me. I am God and there is no one like me, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish 
All my good pleasure. Beloved, He is an all-worthy God. He expects you to run. Your fuel is to be Him. He is your fuel. I am in awe. I will serve this God. I can't be lukewarm. <laughs> the earth trembles and the mountains melt like wax. I'm sorry, I can't get it out of my head. But it, it motivates me. How can I be indifferent or merely religious with this God? Now, I can see how you can be that way with the, the rest of the, God, the gods of the world, the, the pseudo-gods of the world. I can see how you can be indifferent toward them. They're nothing. But how can we be indifferent toward this God? This God, beloved, is your resource. This is why you can do crazy love. This is why you must do crazy love. He's your resource. So you can engage in bold obedience. He is the great I Am. We talked about it with Moses. <clears throat> Moses said, what's your name? God said, I am who I am. <clears throat> I just am. I just am. I just, I'm, I just am. He's always am. He's always been. Right? He's completely other. There's no other being in the cosmos like Him. He's completely other. He is the self-existent, uncreated, unbegun God. If you think deeply about that, really, for about five minutes, you will be in awe. I promise you. I promise you. You think about it for just five minutes, <clears throat> about the, the one uh, that has just always been That's all right there. At least it is to my small mind. He is... Okay, what I'm trying to do is I'm just building a case for all, okay? You can do, you can do crazy love. You can do don't waste your life because of the all that flows off of Jehovah God. He's the Almighty God that created two trillion galaxies by the power of His Word. And He upholds those galaxies by the Word of His power. I just finished a book on the glory of God in creation. And I'll tell you the net result. I fear Him more now. I fear Him more now. He is here. You study God in creation, He is here. Here. He's in my DNA. That's his autograph in there. 3.5 billion characters of, or al, uh, what's the word I want to say? Algorithmic code. He's there, beloved. He is there. He is here. I fear him more. I feel his presence more keenly than I have ever felt it before. The God who speaks. <clears throat> You know, the largest star known in the cosmos is uh, UI Scuti. It's got a volume five billion times our sun. And as Joe and I were talking about earlier, this is the hiding of his power. Two trillion galaxies, uncountable numbers of stars burning at 57 million degrees Fahrenheit. This is the hiding of His power. And you're afraid to speak Jesus' name in the world? When your God is this God? You see what I'm saying? 
You see the, the, the oxymoronic nature of such a, of a, such a contention? Yeah, I believe He's Almighty, but no, I can't speak His name in the world. Then I say, you don't really believe He's Almighty. You don't believe He loves you and you don't believe He's all in with you. You don't believe He's going to protect you. And those are some of the things we'll look at as we continue this evening. He's the awesome God of Mount Sinai. You remember that great text in Hebrews, right? The people were so afraid, they said, don't let Him speak to us anymore. And they said, you go talk to Him, Moses. And Moses, it says, I am full of fear and trembling. You know, the mountain was quaking and there was lightning and thunder and fire and darkness and gloom and smoke. This is the God of the Bible. Daniel saw him and said, His throne was ablaze with flames and a river of fire was flowing out before the Lord and thousands upon thousands attend Him and myriads upon myriads stand before Him. Isaiah saw Him and writes, The Lord was high and lifted up on His throne and the train of His robe filled the temple and the seraphim called out to uh, one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. John saw Him and writes, His eyes were like a flame of fire. His voice was like the sound of many waters. And His face was like the sun shining in its strength. The psalmist saw Him and said, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround Him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Fire goes before Him and burns up His adversaries round about. I'm trying to give you some small modicum of awe. I know many of you are in awe. But I'm trying to take it up a notch. <laughs> because the more you go up that ladder, the more fearless you'll be in the world. You just will. You just will. You know, people say, well, you wrote a book about creation and the pseudoscience that speaks against it. How does that grow your faith? Listen. You spend a year and a half looking at God's creation and see if you aren't changed. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> you spend a year and a half looking at just one attribute of God and see if you are not in awe. I, I dare you. I dare you. Go do it. 18 months, you come back and tell me. If you, look, if you look at God for 18 months on any one subject, it doesn't matter. You will be... In all. So He is the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. You can be a radical Christian because this is true about Him. It's true about Him. He is El Shaddai, not only in name, but in deed. Let me give you a couple of verses. Daniel 4, 35. God does according to His will in heaven and earth, and no one can stay His hand. Psalm 135, an echo of what I said to you earlier. The Lord does whatever He pleases in heaven and earth. 1 Timothy 6. He is the only sovereign King of kings, Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and eternal dominion. 1 Chronicles 29.11 David says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and You exalt Yourself as head over all. Isaiah says, Who can turn back the outstretched arms of Yah? God says, what will you preach if it's your last time to preach? I would preach the greatness of God. Because the greatness of God will set you free. 
to be a great disciple of God. Nothing else will. Okay? There are a lot of things I could say. But let me say it this way. I'm sharing from personal experience. What what fuels me is, is awe. I mean, it's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe he's this great. I can't believe he's this great. And that he loves me as he does. So, God purposes. He's the the God who is and the God who rewards. He purposes to reward those who love him, those who are all in with him, right? He purposes to do that. And who can frustrate him in that? Who can stop God from rewarding you when you obey him? Who can stop God? You tell me. Who can stop God? Nobody, no one, no group of people. (laughs) Satan, all the demons, they are nothing before Him. So, if He really is like this, and He is, how can you live that small? How can you live your relationship with Him small? How is that possible? So, why can we obey God? Because He's the sovereign, reigning, omnipotent King of heaven and earth. And what was the second one? Anybody remember? Why, what's the second reason we can do it? Because He loves you. With an infinite love, right? <laughs> he loves me with an infinite love. I'm Batman, you know? I'm Batman. Nobody can touch me. Nobody can have me lest it's in the providence of God, lest it comes through the hands of God. Um, I can do exploits. (laughs) I'm watching my wife do an exploit right now. She's loving God. She may have cancer again, but she's loving God. It's like it's not even there. She's just winsome. She's just loving God with it. And I get to watch it. And it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. She knows He loves her. Jeremiah 31.3 I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. God has drawn us to Himself, right? You think He's going to leave you hanging, man? (laughs) You think He could ever do that? As long as God's been God, He's loved His people. A love with no beginning and a love with no end. A love with no measurable depth or breadth. You can't get to the end of it. There's that famous, that old African-American line that I love. This old preacher, I heard him preaching one time. Y'all have heard me say this, some of you that's been around. He says, ain't nobody do me like Jesus. Do I need to translate that for you? That's, Ashley knows what that means. Ain't nobody do me like Jesus. What does it mean? Nobody loves me like Him. Nobody provides for me like Him. Nobody protects me like Him. Nobody has made provision for me like Him. Nobody treats me like Him. You're free, beloved. You're free... You're free in the world. Your God is sovereign. And your God loves you. 
He is... You can't ever doubt His love, right? I mean, it's visible on the cross. It's Yeah, that's I Am. The God we've been reading about, that's I Am in the manger, that's I Am on the cross. So you, you can never question His love. It's splashed all over the pages of Scripture. So why can we obey God with glad, reckless joy? He's the sovereign, ruling King. He has infinite love for us. And the last point I want to make is, He's all in with you. Man, if I could just get a handful of you guys to, to believe He's all in with you, some things would change. Let me share some great verses. You'll love them. 2 Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. Isaiah 41 Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am uh, your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jeremiah 32 I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing them good. I will put the fear of me in their hearts. Because that's the most important thing you need in your heart. If you don't have the fear of God, you need the fear of God. You need it. We all need it. Beloved, we all need it. He says, I'll put the fear of me in their hearts that they may turn to me. I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart and with all my soul. And you guys know Romans 8.28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. That those who love God, those called according to His purpose. Do you believe He's sovereign? Do you believe He's in love with you? Go do the work. And don't ever look back. Just don't ever look back. You'll have no regrets, I promise you. If you just go with God and do the Word, you'll have no regrets. There may be some hard stuff out there, but let's go back. What happened uh, with uh, you know, Abraham and Moses when, when it got hard? What happened? Who showed up? The I will see to it, God. It's just, beloved, it's just a matter of believing. It really is. It's just a matter of believing. And trusting. And here's the thing on your worst day, right? On your worst day, he's at work. Hey, I've been, I, I've shared this with you, but I've been through some bad stuff. He's always there. I'm just telling you from experience, okay? This is just experience. He always meets me there. He always loves me there. He always encourages me there. He reminds me that He strongly supports those whose heart is completely His. Circumstance doesn't matter. Circumstance does not negate the truth of who God is. Right? He's still an awesome God even if you're having a bad day. If we get the cancer diagnosis, we're praying that we won't get the cancer diagnosis, but if we get the cancer diagnosis, 
God is still God and God is still good and God is a rewarder. Amen? That's who He is. It doesn't matter about the circumstance. And He's sufficient in the diagnosis. He's sufficient in it. He will meet us there. He'll give us all that we need there. He's done it before. We know how this works. <laughs> the I will see to it God will meet us there. Beloved, you'll have to go through some hard things to learn that lesson, but it's a, it's a lesson worthy to be learned <laughs> because you'll never really be afraid Again, in the same way that you were before. So God's not, yeah, God's at work in your dilemma. He's not only known, He not only knows about it, He's known about it forever. <laughs> a billion eternities past, He's known about it. He knows exactly the right thing to do. And He will do it. So God is radically committed to you in your trial and in your heart, obedience. Let me just give you some verses here from the Psalms. God's all in with you, okay? The Lord is a shield about me. He is my shield, the Lord. The Lord is my rock. I'll give you these verses if you want and just email me. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer in whom I take refuge. In the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. God is my hiding place. He preserves me from trouble. He surrounds me with songs of deliverance. I love that verse. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's not distant. He's not abstract. He's not academic. He's right there. And He will be right there for you. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against mine enemy. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. God is a rock of habitation to me. Here's this great Psalm 62. My hope is from God. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I will not be shaken. On God my salvation and my glory rests. The rock of my strength, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is our refuge. I was looking at it this week eight times in the New Testament. Jesus says, take courage. And He means it. He doesn't say a whole lot of things eight times that gets repeated in the Bible. He means for you to take courage because He is who He is. Not because you are who you are. You're just like me. But because He is who He is. He is our defense, our deliverer, our fortress, our strength, our shield. He is poised to release divine power in the care of His risk taking disciples. And i got to share Zephaniah 3.17. Love this verse. The Lord your God is in your midst. He's a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in His love. He will exalt over you with shouts of joy. And you're going to live that small. You're going to be lukewarm about that. Beloved, I exhort you, you cannot be. You simply cannot be. If the brain is firing, you cannot be. God is our warrior. 
He's not dispassionate or disinterested or distracted. He's all in. He's the all-in sovereign reigning God. He's the all-in God who loves you infinitely. He's the all-in God who's all-in. I preached a sermon on Psalm 34, and I, the title of it, I remember seeing it, is The All-In God. I don't remember all that it says now, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. We can do all He says because He will do all He says. So, do you have a faith that pleases God? Do you have a Hebrews 11.6 faith? A faith that believes He is and a faith that believes He is a rewarder. A faith that is willing to venture all on His godness and His goodness. Let me just ask you this. This is between you and the Lord. You go home and do business with Him. Have you been too careful? Do you call yourself a Christian and you've been a little too strategic maybe? A little too circumspect and I'm not saying all these things are wrong all the time but I'm saying we know if we have allowed caution to trump obedience we know it we absolutely know it and I'm just lovingly saying stop doing that there's no reason for you to do that <laughs> he's the God before whom what the earth trembles and what I know it you'll never forget this ever I don't want you to forget it. He's your father. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll be driving along and, and uh, in my little car that Karen crashed, and, and, uh, and the moon will come out. Man, and it's awesome. You get a full moon sometimes. It's like, it's breathtaking. And I just, my father did that, right? My father did that. I mean, it's like you go to the ocean and you just see the power and the immensity, and it's just, it's just, anyway, that's how creation affects me, so. I'm getting off the point. I'm getting off the point. So, no more excuses. Okay, I'm challenging every one of you in here tonight. Those of you who are born again. If, you're, if you don't know Christ, come talk to me. We'll talk about it. No more excuses. No more half measures. No more rationalizations. No more compromises. So, when, when a preacher preaches a message like this to you about the greatness and the sovereignty of an almighty reigning God who loves you infinitely and who has bled out for you and will do all things uh, uh, in, in, in your behalf, what do we do with a message like that? What are you going to do with it tomorrow morning when you get out of bed? What are you going to do with it? I know how this works. I know some of you will have forgotten. but I'm going to dare you not to forget it. And I'm going to dare you to live like it's true. What are we supposed to do with a message like this? Everything! Everything He has told you to do, do it! That's what we do with a message like this. Everything! Whether it's the marriage, or the finances, or the cancer, or the kids, or the career, or the financial stresses. Beloved, you know what all this is, right? All of those things are what? That's your platform to worship God. That's what all of it is. 
You say, Jim, it's a trial. Well, yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying, but it's a platform, <laughs> right? It's a platform that people would see your God is the God before whom, what was it? Johnny, what was it? The whole earth trembles and the mountains melt like wax. <laughs> He's my God. He's my God. So, beloved, I just encourage you and exhort you. I should preach this to myself at least once a month. So I wanted to share it with you. You can do all He says because He will do all He says. The people that do know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. The God of the Bible says He is with us, He is in us, and He is for us. I just remind you that this is who He is and this is the commitment He's made to you. So I exhort you, exit the building and live this. For the maximum glory of God and to your maximum joy. Listen, I, you just got to get to the place where you realize this is all gain to you, man. It's all gain to you. you. Say, Jim, you're calling me to scary stuff. No, I'm calling you to gain. I know it's scary, but I'm calling you to gain. Preeminently, I'm calling you to gain. Every Sunday, I call you to gain. That's what I'm calling you to. Gain. If you hear loss, you're not hearing it right. I'm calling you to gain, beloved. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, we love You. What a great God. A God worthy to live for. A God worthy to die for. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He's enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. We believe it, Father. Take us and use us up for Your glory. We believe in Your sovereign power. We believe in Your infinite love. We believe You're all in. We saw it on the pages of Scripture. We saw You bleed out. We believe it. So Lord, give us the faith to go out in the world and be Your people. And never look back. Never look back. Do all Your good pleasure in us, Lord, for Your glory and our joy. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.